Hello everyone and thank you for listening to another episode of the Football Betting Podcast. We are as ever sponsored by our partners at SpreadX, the home of sports spread betting and fixed odds betting. Well, that's it. We've reached the end of the regular EFL season. Um, so this episode, we're going to look through the Premier League. We're going to look through the EFL playoff picture. And we're also going to do a little recap um, on some of our pre-season predictions. So we're going to have a look at each of the leagues as we go through. And we're going to see what we called right, what we got wrong. There are a couple of clangers in there. Um, and generally just to have a little look at overall how we performed. So exciting action-packed show today. Oh, FA Cup as well. Can't forget the FA Cup. We've got that to throw in as well. FA Cup final this weekend. And so, yeah, lots to go through today, Tom. Yeah, I thought you were going to forget your uh, co-host as well then and didn't get my routine introduction. Just straight in, straight in with the content. Got to mix it up, haven't we? Got to mix it up. (laughs) You love to see it. But yeah, uh, action-packed show this week and like like you touched on Tom riding the crest of a wave after your winner and largely comfortable winner as well uh, yeah. to be honest with you so yeah we'll recap that more in depth as the show goes on but yeah uh, finishing the EFL season strong and as you mentioned plenty of opportunity still in the games that remain in the uh, domestic calendar Yep, so all the odds that we're going to read out on today's show are courtesy of SpreadX.com. You can go to SpreadX.com forward slash FBP and bag yourself a bet 25, get 25 uh, sign up offer and you'll help the pod by doing so as well. Uh, SpreadX will also boost, exclusively boost uh, our bomb proof treble that we read out at the end of the show too. So if you're on my winning one last week, you would have got exclusively exclusively boosted odds. Uh, so yeah, always nice for a little bit of extra po- profit. It is, mate. And I'm looking forward to diving into what is, I mean, the Premier League in terms of you know things to be decided. It's pretty much sewn up apart from the top four. Mm. Um, but what I think that leaves us with is some beach football. To be honest with yes. you, yeah. So excited to get stuck into some of these games. So uh, don't know if you want to get cracking with the uh, first game of the weekend yep so this is on friday uh newcastle against newly elected champions manchester city uh newcastle 10 to 1 the draw 19 to 4 and city obviously the favorites here at 1 to 4 um i don't know if there's anything that you found here i do think city will win this one but 1 to 4 i'm just happy to watch yeah definitely and one thing you've just got to be careful of so you've got City haven't lost in uh, 21 away games, which is incredible. Uh, they've got the Champions League final coming up. So I don't think they'll be on the beach at all, despite the Premier League win. Uh, but, you know, might want to rest a couple of players. I mean, their strength and depth is pretty outrageous. So, you know, you're probably looking at a Diaz for a Laporte, for example. Um, but yeah. Uh, worth checking the lineups before you dive into anything city orientated. Yeah, we'll move into Saturday then. Uh, plenty more on offer on Saturday. So we've got three games that kicks off with Burnley against Leeds. Burnley twenty-one to ten. The draw thirteen to five, and Leeds six to five favourites here. And I feel like this is one of them games. Burnley now have secured survival again for another season mathematically. Uh, Leeds obviously. 10th mid-table had an excellent first season back in the league 
And as you alluded to at the start of this segment, we could see some uh, open games, some entertaining games between two sides that don't have anything to play for. And this, I think, absolutely could be one of them. We've seen recently in Burnley, six of the last seven matches have been over 2.5 goals. Both teams to score seven of the last nine Burnley matches and five of the last seven Leeds matches. So, again, we could be in for an entertaining one here. And that's the way I'm going to go. Eight to 13 for over 2.5. I reckon that one looks pretty good. And both teams to score is eight to 15. So slightly less odds on both teams to score. But I think whichever one you pick, you're probably going to get it come in. Yeah, uh, exactly the same bet here, Tom. Uh, I've gone one more. I've gone over 3.5, which is priced at 13 to 8. Yeah, so I've been doing my research because, you know, I try to try to come up with the best content that I can for the profit chasers. And Burnley, over the last six games, have averaged 1.83 goals for per game. So that's Burnley scoring goals for their team. Uh, over the last six, so the same six, they conceded 1.66 goals per game. Mm-hmm. That is 3.49 goals per game total. Okay, in both ends. Yep. Then we look at Leeds. Uh, same stats. So the goals four over the last six, slightly lower, 1.33. And conceding is one exactly um, over the last six. Their total comes out at 2.33 per game. So that leaves a grand total. If you add the average from Burnley and Leeds together, it comes out at 5.82 goals per game over the last six games. I think your, your maths is frying my brain a little bit there. I had to, con- <laughs> had to concentrate hard for that bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I appreciate it might not come across on a podcast as well as it does down on my uh, <laughs> on my document here. So we expect goals <laughs> is the bottom line. And that's it's the, the way line. you should be focusing your bets <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. game. Um, how about Southampton, Fulham, Ben? Southampton are even. The draw's 13-5 to five and Fulham are also 13-5. to five. Obviously, Fulham now relegated. Um, do you reckon they're there for the taking for Southampton? Maybe. Maybe. I, I just don't trust Southampton, to be honest with you. I mean... Yeah, they got a win last time out, but we're talking about one of the teams, well, one of the worst Premier League teams in terms of this last two thirds of the season. And yeah, Fulham dead and buried. Their fight ended a while ago, but I just don't know if I'm ready to trust Southampton yet, Tom. What about you? I'm happy to go with Southampton here, to be honest. Oh, yeah, All yeah. Right. Um, it- to be fair, you know, we, we've called them untrustworthy, unpredictable, which I completely think they are. But their home form is it's not been too bad, to be fair. Um, that come from behind win, as you've mentioned, against Palace. Before that, drew with Leicester. Uh, before that, beat Burnley, who have been on a decent run. Um, and then before that, they lost to Brighton and also drew with Chelsea. So the home form generally over the last five games isn't too bad. Uh, I think they should have enough, especially with Ings back amongst the goals, to get past this Fulham side. I don't think it'll be a hammering. I, I could see like a a 2-0, 2-1, something like that to Southampton. But I think they've got enough about them to, to beat a relegated and downbeat Fulham. OK. Brighton, West Ham then. 15-8 to 8 for Brighton. 
13 to 5 for the draw, 7 to 5 for the Hammers. Show me the goals. <laughs> that's what you're going for? Well, I'll let you lead with this one. Uh, that's what you're looking for? I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I'm just looking at mainly again from a West Ham persuasion. I feel like we mention it quite a lot on the pod. Um, very capable of scoring goals, but also very capable of conceding as well. Eight consecutive games without a clean sheet. Um, five of the last seven games have been over 2.5 and also both teams to score. Um, yeah, I, th- I think mainly because of that, that's why I'm looking at at, um, at either both teams to score or over 2.5. In previous games with these two sides as well, we've had six of the last eight over 2.5 and five of the last six both teams scoring. Um, the last four games in a row have actually ended in score draws. You've had a 2-2, 1-1, 3-3 and 2-2. So I could easily see a repeat of that again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It order, for me... West Ham aren't the problem here, it's Brighton. And I, I'm completely in on the West Ham capabilities of scoring and conceding. And, you know, we've got the XG champions here, haven't we, Brighton? Mm. You know, are, are they going to end up bagging four, five, six eventually? Uh, as the stats suggest that is round the corner and has been round the corner since day one. Uh, or are we going to go for a Brighton side, Tom? That you know, they scored in their last two games previously. Before that, they drew three blanks in a row, uh, one of those blanks against Sheffield United. So, that would be my only concern with the way that you're going here. But as mentioned, West Ham, I'm all in on the both teams to score kind of mm-hmm. vibe with them. Yeah, well, over 2.5, I think I read all that out, but no prices. If you fancy <laughs> over 2.5, it's it's evens, so it's not a bad price at all. And again, both both teams to score is 8 to 11. Interesting. Um, right, up next, Sunday, Palace against Villa. Palace are 2 to 1, the draw is 5 to 2, and Villa are 13 to 10. Anybody you fancy here? Uh, no, but I do have a tip, and it's quite a surprising tip. It's actually over 2.5 for this game. Okay. Uh, this is down the same line as Burnley Leeds with your uh, beach football kind of vibe, you know, uh, out in the sun, lots of attacking players on display, especially for Palace. Looking at Benteke, uh, kind of revitalised really in uh, the last month or so. He's got three and five, uh, which for him is, well, three seasons worth of goals pretty much at one stage. Um, Eze was absolutely mouth-watering last week. Um, it, in a weird way, it, I'm, obviously I'm not, but I'm kind of disappointed we've got so many good attacking players for England because I'd love Eze in the, in the Euro, uh, for the Euros. I, I wouldn't take him because there are better players, but He's so exciting. He's so good. But unfortunately, he's not quite that level yet. He's still obviously a young man, first season in the Prem. But yeah, he's on fire at the moment. Palace, three of their last six, over 2.5. Six of six, over 1.5. So that just goes to show that, you know, they're almost there in the other three. And Villa, six of six, over 2.5. Uh, they have been very disappointing. We've mentioned it time and time again since the Grealish injury. 
Um, the one thing I would be concerned with is, you know, Grealish wasn't a centre-back, right? So the defensive um, lapses are a different concern entirely. Um, that's something that Dean Smith, I'm sure, will want to have a look at. But yeah, yeah over 2.5, 5 to 6. I like it. I do like it. I think we're going to be in for a good weekend of goals and entertainment in the Premier League. Yeah, I feel like the fact that City have, have won it, the fact that, you know, the relegated teams are confirmed, you know, what's to stop this Palace-Villa game, you know, being a 3-3 or a 4-3 yeah. or, or whatever. We saw it on the last day in the EFL. There were so many games that went over 2.5, 3.5, maybe even yeah. 4.5, you know. Exactly. <clears throat> as teams didn't have anything to play for. So hopefully we'll see the same in the Prem. Yeah, definitely. And I think the next game, which we're going to look at, Tottenham against Wolves, we could again potentially see at least both teams getting on the score sheet. Um, Tottenham are actually the favourites for this one. They're 1-2, to two, as you'd probably expect, being the home side. The draw is 7-2 to two, and Wolves are 11-2 to two outsiders. Um, I just can't go near... Tottenham at one to two to be honest on the nose especially when we've mentioned quite a lot this season that we've we've tended to avoid Wolves an awful lot I can hardly think of a time we've actually tipped Wolves outright especially in the last six months or so um we tended to really avoid them but they have won three of the last five losing just once and that was to Burnley uh beating Brighton Sheffield United and Fulham so they're not exactly beating the creme de la creme of teams in the Premier League with all due respect, but they are at least improving their form and getting getting wins on the board. Um, they've tended to to play all right against Spurs as well uh, since they got promoted back into the Premier League. They've got two wins and a draw in their five games as well as two losses. And I think this one could again be both teams to score. Uh when these two sides have met, six of the last six games have been both teams to score. The price is five to six. And I just don't trust either side to be able to keep a clean sheet at the moment. Totally with you. Again, you read it straight off my, my sheet here. Um, I, very similar to the, you can tell that I was on a bit of a, uh, a bit of a thing here with Matt. <laughs> Um, so same with the Burnley leads. Um, so Spurs, four out of the last six, uh, both teams to score, an average of 3.33 goals in their last six games. And Wolves, three of six, both teams to score, average of 2.66 goals per game over the last six games. So, yeah, uh, bodes well. Yeah, definitely. How about West Brom against Liverpool then? So again, like Fulham, West Brom are now mathematically down. Uh, they're 17 to 2 to get the win at home. The draw's 5 to 1, and Liverpool are pretty sure, as you'd expect, at 1 to 4. Um, Liverpool currently playing, as we speak, 10 minutes in against Man United, already 1 0 down. Could really do with a victory or something from the United game, especially in this West Brom game to uh, boost their top four chances. One to four, um, they'll probably win, but I'm not going to go anywhere near it. Totally agree. I think they'll win. I think it will yeah. be relatively comfortable, but yeah, Liverpool have been a write-off pretty much all season and that's not going to change now. Yeah. Um, okay, finally then, Everton against Sheffield United. 
Everton are two to five. The draw is seven to two, and Sheffield United are seven to one. Anything you like here? Um, personally, I think Everton will win, but two to five again, it's a little bit short for me. Copy and paste. Yeah, yeah. Everton to win. There are better things to bet on this weekend at better prices. Right. Okay. So that wraps up the Premier League games. Shall we rewind the clock a little bit and uh, have a look at our pre-season Premier League predictions? So, Premier League winners. We look. So we looked at Premier League winners, uh, or winner. We looked at top four and we looked at relegation. So, I went with Man City uh, and you went with Liverpool. So, obviously, I think Liverpool at the time were a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> you can't I don't think anyone can be blamed for picking Liverpool at the start of the season to be fair to you <laughs> yeah I'd like I'd like to think so I'd like to think I, I have got a little bit of credibility still <laughs> yeah <laughs> um top four I had City Liverpool Chelsea United likewise you had Liverpool City Chelsea United so um apart from Liverpool both of us probably not too far off the mark United obviously in Chelsea will probably get in, um, so not too bad there. Yeah, it's pretty pretty much just uh, Leicester, obviously, that yeah. are the, uh, the kind of wild card, I suppose you want to call them a wild card in there. Um, yeah. And obviously West Ham still in with a shout as well. Yeah, and then finally relegation. This is where we had a little bit of egg on our faces, the pair That's of us. <laughs> so we both picked West Brom and Fulham to get relegated, which has now been confirmed. They were both evens at the start of the season uh, to go down. However, our final choice, mine was Villa. Uh, well and truly proven wrong there as they're comfortably in 11th. And Tom, yours was? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> no, mine mine was West Ham. Um I'll I'll spend I'll spend two minutes just kind of justifying that because obviously it looks absolutely insane um now with them fighting for Champions League football with what is it, three games to go? Two games to go, something like that. Three games. Yeah. Um honestly I just didn't really have much um I didn't have much faith in quite a few players. I don't rate Fabianski anymore. Depending on whoever they played at the back, they got Craig Dawson from relegated Watford to play with Ogbonna, who I've never been convinced by. They brought in a new right-back from the Czech Republic, who went on to make Jamie Carragher's Premier League team of the season. They had an ageing Aaron Cresswell. That was a back five. Then Declan Rice, there was you know rumours about his future. Uh, and then going forward, it pretty much looks like Sebastian Haller, who was obviously still there, or Antonio. And that coupled with Moyes, I just, I said, I thought it had relegation written all over it. Um, they were nine to two. So, you know, a complete and utter calamity there for myself. Uh, I'm going to take the heat <laughs> off me and I'm going to turn it to you. Do you want to give us a couple of reasons, if you remember why you went for Villa, who are currently in 11th? It was because, um, one, they just escaped relegation, didn't they, the season beforehand, last season. If yeah. you remember, they were they were well down and then they pulled off a somewhat of a great escape. Um, and I felt that 
if Jack Grealish didn't perform, they were too reliant on Grealish, I think was my main uh, gripe with Villa. Mm-hmm. You know, they did what? Brought in, had they brought in Watkins at the time, made that prediction? Can't remember. Um, as well as people like Barkley on loan, who did well at the, you know, the first half of the season. I think after I made that prediction, Villa did some decent transfer business, um, which kind of got them out of it. But yeah, the reliance on Grealish was was the main factor there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, we're seeing it now, even with all those signings, they're struggling without him. And as we said, that's no disgrace because we both rate him very highly. But yes, um, not too bad, I'd say. From, yeah, from from that, I, I don't think that's too bad. So uh, there was seven predictions there, Tom. Uh, you actually got five correct. So I think that's that's. I'm giving you a gentle pat on the back. Thank you, um, mate. I think most of it was pretty obvious in terms of top four, and then f- I don't think you're any of us are geniuses for predicting Fulham West Brom um, to go <laughs> down. But and I got four out of seven, so. Not bad, I'd say. But probably very short prices, but um, but yeah, not bad. Uh, so it gives us a great opportunity to talk about uh, our partners at SpreadX as we close the door on the Premier League for this week, at least. Uh, we're really grateful to SpreadX for sponsoring the show. We really do encourage you to get involved with either spread betting which, if you don't understand spread betting, is basically a more volatile way of backing your opinions. So you can win more than a traditional fixed odds bet. But it's very crucial, guys, to know that you can lose more. So you can lose more than you've originally staked. Uh, It's quite hard to explain over a pod. So what I'd recommend doing is either sending us a DM, uh, Twitter's T underscore FB podcast, or go to the YouTube page for SpreadX. They've got loads of really helpful uh, how-to videos, so you can really uh, start to understand how spread betting works. And as Tom mentioned at the top of the show, if you're not into that, the fixed odd service uh, includes all of the all of the amenities that are pretty common now, such as cash out, etc. It really is, you know, the same as any other bookie and a real go-to. So we'd encourage you to go and have a look www.spreadx.com slash fbp deposit 25 pounds stake it on a single at greater odds of one to two and you'll get five five pound free bets in return t's and c's apply it's over for eight over 18s only and when the fun stops please stop gamble responsibly and yeah thanks for the support absolutely so With that, let's move into the Championship and the first of our playoff games then. So we're going to look at the Championship playoff and then we're going to look at our Championship pre-season predictions and see how well we did. Um, So first off, the promotion race. So we've got Brentford, Bournemouth, Barnsley and I feel like I should call them Bronzy. We've got all the Bs in the playoffs. (laughs) Then we've got Swansea. (laughs) Bronzy. Bronzy. I like it, it's catchy. So the favourites for promotion are Brentford, 29 to 20 uh, to get promoted, followed by Bournemouth at 14 to 5, Barnsley just a fraction shorter, so just a fraction longer at 3 to 1, and then Swansea at 4 to 1. Um, first game is Brentford against Bournemouth. 
They have got Barnsley against Swansea and the winners of the two ties will meet in the final. Uh, who's your pick to get promoted from this bunch then? Brentford. Mm-hmm. You? Brentford as well. Brentford as well. I completely agree. Um, I'll let you go first with with why and then I'll... Uh... Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, number one, Ivan Tony. And I know that sounds so, so lazy, right? Um, you know, you want me to come up with some crazy statistic. But that's the first thing that that leaps off the page to me. You know, you've got arguably one of the best championship strikers of all time. I think he... Did he equal Glenn Murray's record? I think, I think he, beat he equaled it. it. Oh, he beat, he beat it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and playoff games apparently count in the season, which I think is ridiculous. But... Um, you know, they've got a striker there with double assists as well. That's gone under the radar. And since Thomas Frank has changed formation, because they were they were struggling a bit, I think, I don't want to use the term stale, but I think freshening up the formation, especially the first game they did it, I mean, they, they blitzed Preston 5-0 because they had Norgard at centre-back. They had Fosu kind of going through the middle. They had two up front. It was it was quite confusing for some, you know, we've been watching Brentford at championship level go for promotion for a couple of seasons now. And you kind of, even though it's been hard to stop, you do kind of know what to expect. And and now they find found a new way of performing. Um, they've finished the season really, really well. And I think I, I'm a big fan of teams that got hurt the previous season so I think that Brentford now have that playoff experience I don't want to toot my own horn Tom especially after the West Ham prediction mm. that I just read out but but last season I tipped Fulham to win it and they weren't necessarily firing on all cylinders but I thought that they had that kind of nous and experience and they'd been there before and Brentford didn't this year Brentford do have it and if you have a look at Bournemouth They've got a lot of experienced players in different elements. You know, Dan Juma's played Champions League football, but this is a different kind of pressure. And then Barnsley had a feel-good story, and I would love them to do it. But a lot of their players, this is the best that they've ever played and the highest they've ever been. And then Swansea, again, experienced players like Hurahan and Ayu, but also players like Guehi, uh, Cabango, that are getting started in their careers and quite frankly they've been terrible for quite a while now so <laughs> can pretty much disregard them I think the winner will come from this first leg Brentford are 29 to 20 the final thing I'll say is I've got a statistic for and against Brentford so 47% of the teams that finish third in the championship win the playoffs so almost half of playoff history has been won mm. by the team that's finished third in the championship. It's a shame However, Forest. It's a shame Forest fall into that uh, that <laughs> latter fifty-three percent, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, they are definitely one of those statistics. And uh, yeah, speaking of teams with bad playoff records, Brentford have never won the playoffs in ten attempts. So I mean, it's up to you. Some people love that historical stuff. And think that it's like some kind of ingrained into the club thing. And some people think it's a load of old waffle because, you know, um, I don't know, Norgard probably mm. didn't even know who Brentford were 10 seasons yeah. ago. So, yeah, that's my take. Uh, I don't know if I've left anything 
for you? A little bit. I completely agree because, like I say, I think Brentford will, will win this. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that we've seen Brentford over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I, 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 you can say they, they've choked um, when the pressure's been on. You know, last season, automatic promotion was in their hands and and they, they threw it away, ultimately, at the end of the day. Um, but you'd hope they've learned from those experiences and this will be the season. And there are a couple of things that I really value um, when I'm looking at playoffs. One, that's form going into the playoffs. As you've mentioned, Brentford on a really good run of form. Uh, no losses in 12 consecutive games. So they're going into the playoffs in really good form. Bournemouth are going into the playoffs on the back of three consecutive losses. That includes a loss to relegated Wickham, uh, which they lost to nil, which is concerning to say the least. Um, and I also value teams that are playing each other in the playoffs that have also recently played each other. And Brentford have played Bournemouth recently. They went away and won 1-0 and that was with 10 men as well. And Brentford also beat Bournemouth in the reverse fixture uh, 2-1 as well in December. So Brentford have got the better of Bournemouth both games this season and they're in better form. Um, so for me, yeah, I do think I do think Brentford will win this one. So profit chasers, it's worth saying that we're not going to cover the individual games on the pod. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release our tips as the games come out throughout the EFL and throughout next week. So the games are obviously spread over the uh, consecutive uh, weekdays and weekends. So uh, keep your eye out on Twitter, T underscore FB podcast. If you're not following already, that's where our individual game tips will be. Yeah, but outright, we both think 29 to 20 Brentford is the way to go for uh, for the championship playoffs. So let's have a little look back now at our championship pre-season predictions. And Tom, you actually predicted Brentford would win the playoffs, uh, which was five to two. Like Brentford, any method of promotion was five to two. Um, yeah, so you said that they win the playoffs and you could well be proven right here. Yeah, um, this is where I can kind of redeem myself a little bit. <laughs> um, so to go through it, for the winners, so obviously we had Norwich winning it. I predicted Norwich. Tom, you predicted Watford. And then as your runner-up, you had Norwich and I had Watford. <laughs> <laughs> so if we were going off, you know, automatic promotion, then we both got them right. Just you had it the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Six to one were uh, was a tip for Norwich to win the league by yourself, which mm -hmm. which came in. Yeah, so, and came in at an absolute canter as well, yeah, never, never yeah. in doubt. Absolutely. But yeah, good choices there. I, I'd say, you know, looking, obviously in hindsight, fairly obvious, but, you know, at the start of the season, were they, were they as obvious? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they were. But, I, um, know, I, I, think Nor I think Norwich were obvious, but I think, I think we should give ourselves a bit of credit picking... Watford over Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth mm. pound for pound, you know, if this is FIFA and we're going off player ratings, you know, <laughs> Bournemouth are definitely, uh, you know, got the better players. But, and Watford, obviously they started uh, the season with, with Illich, never, never managed in this country before. We had no idea about him. And obviously we, uh, we saw how that went. But no, I mm. think we should give ourselves a little bit of credit. And in terms of credit, Tom, I mean, 
do you want me to wax lyrical about you or do you want to do it yourself with your <laughs> relegation tips? You go for it, Matt. I want to hear you <laughs> praise me. <laughs> okay, I'll knock myself down and then I'll, I'll show how good you were. So I correctly got Wickham and Rotherham um, as tips. You know, probably looking back in the summer or not even the summer. God, when did this season start? September or whenever it was. Um Rotherham and Wickham were probably, you know, the most likely. I threw Birmingham in there at one stage. That looked really, really likely. Obviously, Lee Bowyer came in and saved them. But, Tom, you were three from three. Wickham, yeah. Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Wickham were 8-15. Uh, Wednesday were evens. And, yeah, you were not convinced that Wednesday could get over that points deduction, it seems. No, no, absolutely. Um, obviously, I got three out of three right, which is great. But um, I think there were the three at the top of the betting uh, to go down. Yeah, I think um, if you if you do a, a quick recap. So basically, there was five predictions, right? Um, the two automatics and the three relegated sides. You you basically got five out of five, as we yeah. mentioned, just Watford and Norwich. Uh, the wrong way round, and I got four out of five. So, uh, I think a pretty good prediction there in the championship. Yep, very credible, very credible. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to League One then. Drops a little bit <laughs> in League One, but we did have a couple of good shouts here. Uh, we'll go through those shortly. Let's first look at the League One playoff picture: Sunderland, Lincoln, Oxford. And Blackpool are the are the four who make up the uh, the League One playoffs. Who are you going with, Tom? Well, I I led last time, so I, I'll let you have your moment in the sun here because I think <laughs> okay. we both have the same team. Okay, so let's start off. Sunderland are top of the betting; they're two to one. Blackpool are eleven to five. Lincoln are seven to two, and Oxford are fourteen to five. So. They're all pretty closely bunched there in terms of odds. Um, I'm going to go for Blackpool at 11 to 5. I think generally they've shown uh, the most consistency that they don't tend to get battered. They don't, to be fair, they don't tend to batter other teams. Like you say, an Oxford would would easily score three or four past a team. You know, Blackpool aren't that kind of team, but they never really concede too many either. They've had good results home and away against uh, teams in and around them in the league. Yeah, so I think, for me, the winner will probably come from this Blackpool against Oxford tie. Jerry Yates is is banging for one of the best strikers in the division. I, I think they've got everything they need to uh, to get promoted. Yeah, I'm all in on the Tangerines, mate. Um, I, I, always think, I always think it's worth remembering that us as fans, we get so excited about the playoffs, and rightfully so. It's it's the best thing about the EFL that, and probably the you know relegation picture and the moving up of leagues, etc. But the playoffs are, are the crown jewel, really. But I think it's I think it's fair to remember that there's so much on the line here that teams very rarely come out and go for the throat. I think if you look down. Seasons gone by uh, in the EFL and you know all three divisions. I think you'll find that the pragmatic 
teams and the teams that can keep it tight and the teams that win those games on the fine margins tend to come out of it better as opposed to these kind of gunslingers. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at Blackboard. It conceded 19 goals less than Oxford um, mm. over the season. That, that's massive, massive. I mean, on the flip side, you can tell me that Oxford scored 17 more than Blackpool throughout the season, which is true. But I'm thinking this is a two-legged tie with so much at stake. And who do I, who do I really fancy to keep that door shut? And it and it's Blackpool. Yeah. I agree with you, Tom. I also think the winner will will probably come from this this side. I mean, the Sunderland Lincoln game. I think apart from a couple of outstanding match winners, George Grant, Brennan Johnson, um, Rogers for Lincoln, and then Sunderland. You know, the McGeady White. I think if you strip all that away, I think there's not as much quality. Um, to be honest with you, maybe the teams are uh, coming into the playoffs a little bit wounded. Lincoln, you know, could have had the title realistically at one stage. Yeah. You know, they were top for a long time. Sunderland, you know, lost form at the crucial moment. They could have easily taken possibly the title, but more realistically, second. Uh, so I think those two are coming into it a bit more disappointed to be in the playoffs. Um, and that sounds weird for Lincoln because they'll snap your hand off the start of the season. And, um, you know, I think Oxford and Blackpool are, are a little bit more buoyant. In Oxford's last seven games, right? Yeah. They've scored six, four, three, one, three, three, four. So there are goals absolutely everywhere there. Mm-hmm. However... They played Blackpool twice this season. How many goals have Oxford scored against Blackpool? Zero. Zero. Blackpool kept a clean sheet both times. That's what kind of backs up what you're saying. You know, Blackpool are the team who can keep it tight, keep defensively solid, keep these teams out, and they have an outlet in players like Jerry Yates to to score goals as well. Um, Yeah, I think Blackpool are the ones for me. I won't be going anywhere near Sunderland at 2-1. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about how, you know, we say again, Streaky Lee. He has good streaks where they win game after game after game, which we've seen already this season. And now they're on a they're on a bad streak where they can't seem to buy a win. Um, and I wouldn't be going anywhere near Sunderland. On a Streaky Lee bad streak and the fact that generally, I, I, yeah, no, I don't fancy Sunderland at all, to be honest. No, no, no neither do I. Tom, let's move on to the League One predictions this if you thought my West Ham prediction was bad the team that I picked to win the league this year I don't know what I was thinking at the time (laughs) to be honest with you so I'm just going to go through uh, you can pick up on the relegation picture Tom I'll, I'll do the promoted picture so obviously we had Hull winning the league and Peterborough finished second none of us had Hull and I think I don't think that is a bad thing. I don't think that makes us look like idiots. Completely Um, justified. Completely justified. They were in an absolute state when they went down. They'd won, what was it, one of 23 off the back in the second half of the season after they lost Bowen, etc. And they kept McCann, and that can go either way. 
I'm delighted that it worked out for him, but at the time we weren't convinced. And yeah, to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure I didn't even have them in the top three or four. I think I may have had them scrape in a playoff place at, at a push. Um, but yeah, yeah. anyway, uh, the winners, Tom, you picked Peterborough. So you were one spot off because they obviously finished in an automatic spot and they finished second. So I'll pretty much give that to you. I had Charlton Athletic, which, looking back, were, is absolutely unforgivable. They were a right mess. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I went for. It. I think I got wrapped up in Boya and new new owner in Boya, Sangard, and lots of stuff that was coming out. And Chuksanike, I'm a huge fan of, and just yeah, I just I don't know what I was thinking to be honest with you. But and that was a shocker. Uh, I did have Peterborough to finish second, which is obviously spot on. That was 14 to 5. And Tom, you had Oxford to be yep. promoted automatically. So obviously they didn't do it, but if they didn't have that bad start, they possibly mm. could have. They were yeah. three to, they were really three to one. Start. Yeah, really bad start. Three to one in your method. Yeah. And you did pick a bit of credit for yourself. You said Sunderland, they were top of the betting in League One to get promoted outright. Uh, seven to one to be the league winners at the start of the season, which was the lowest price of any team. You said avoid, avoid at all costs, and uh, proven right there. So, uh, well, they might get promoted through the playoffs, but you know the league winner market. You're definitely right to tell people to avoid. Yeah. In terms of relegation, then a um, bit of a a mixed bag for both. A couple of well, one for me in particular, I had a really good priced one. So we both had Rochdale. They went down. Uh, you had Northampton, who did go down. Um, you had Accrington, who survived pretty comfortably. And Wimbledon, who kind of scraped it at the end. I had Wigan, who scraped it as well, but survived. I also had Wimbledon, uh, who survived. And finally, Bristol Rovers, who did go down 8-1, uh, to one, they were at the start of the season. So they were a really good price to get relegated. So two correct each there. Yeah, ma massive kudos for the uh, Bristol Rovers pick. I'm pretty sure that was the highest priced mm. pick uh, apart from, I'm not going to spoil uh, what's coming uh, in the <laughs> two. But uh, apart from that one, I think that was yeah. the highest one that you, uh, well, we both picked. Yeah, that was our second highest uh, pre-season prediction in terms of odds anyway. So, yeah, not too bad. So, about a 50% strike rate in League 1 overall. Yeah, not bad. League 2 then. Let's look at the playoff picture. Right, we've got Morecambe, Tranmere, Newport and Forest Green. So, Morecambe a 21-10, to 10, Tranmere a 3-1, to 1, Newport a 5-2 to 2, and Forest Green a 13-5. to 5. Um, I know we've spoken off air about this one and we're both aligned on who we think should definitely get promoted. Morecambe. Yeah. I, do you know what? I was looking at the league table earlier and I, the three teams that are going for playoff, that are going for promotion alongside Morecambe, so Tranmere, Newport and Forest Green, they couldn't be more evenly matched in the league. So after 46 games, all three of those sides finished on 73 points. Um, all three, 20 games won, 13 games drawn, and 13 games lost. So you couldn't get much more evenly matched than that. Incredible, isn't it? 
Yeah, mental. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> mental. Yeah, and then, then you've got Morecambe, who finished five points ahead of all three of them, obviously. Um, missed out on automatic promotion. I mean, there are different points through the season you can point at, but it's hard to ignore their loss at home to Bolton, isn't mm. it? Uh, yeah. Which obviously looks like it was pivotal in Bolton, sealing the, the third final automatic spot. So, yeah, we're both going for Morecambe. They're priced at 21 to 10 to win the playoffs. And again, uh, this sounds kind of lazy and we can go into it a little bit more, but they're the best team. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they're the best team <laughs> by a distance, I think. I think if you have a look, so the championship for me, you've got Brentford and Bournemouth better than Swansea, Barnsley. Uh, the League One playoffs, I think, is the most even throughout the entire slate, the entire four. You can make a case for all four of them to get promoted. I think that League Two is where you have one outright best team yeah. that is playing against three others that deserve credit for finishing fifth, sixth and seventh in a 24-team league in the COVID season, over 46 games, etc. But Morecambe have been dazzling this year, haven't they? Fantastic. And I'm sure as a Morecambe fan, in their wildest dreams, they wouldn't have expected to... Uh... To finish in the in the promote in the playoff spots, they've been no. fantastic. They've defied all expectations this season. All mm. expectations. Yeah, and I mean, we can talk about the opponents quickly. Um, so let's start with Tranmere seventh, who sacked Keith Hill this week. I, I did my yeah. very best to try find if there was another team that has ever sacked a manager after the season's ended in time for the playoffs and couldn't find one. Surprise, surprise. It is a radical move, an absolutely radical move. You're looking Definitely. at, you're looking at, the, you know, one of the, one of the most experienced League Two managers around, League One as well. Uh, apparently, it's down to changing room spats. Apparently, he tore into his players as Tranmere kind of stumbled towards uh, the playoffs, and apparently, you know, he crossed the line. Um, you know, that's that's a report from the Athletic. I'd, I'd say the Athletic is a pretty a pretty trustworthy source. And yep. yeah, I mean, if if that did happen and there was one big massive explosion, I get it. I do get it. But it just it does seem a little crazy, and it's not exactly what you want ahead of the playoffs. No, completely agree. <clears throat> completely agree. Um, and you think that kind of disruption is, it, it all kind of lends more weight to, to Morecambe at least making it through to the final. One, they're the better team anyway. Two, they've already won away at Tranmere and they've got the joint best home record in the division. Morecambe, for me, if they don't win this, it's, it's a real missed opportunity because the other three teams are so inconsistent. There's yeah. not a single team there who has recently strung a good amount of wins together in this division. Newport, Tranmere, Forest Green, they're all teams on the final day of the season who could have lost the playoff place. You know, if they hadn't have won or drawn and Exeter had won or, or you know, Salford won and results of, other results had gone their way. Um, 
So, yeah, for me, Morecambe, five wins in the last six games, coming into this in great form, scoring plenty of goals, especially at home. Yeah, they, they should be the winners of this uh, this group for me. Yeah, and you've got Forest Green, you know, recently changed their manager. They've got a complete and utter novice in charge in Jimmy Ball. Um, and, you know, mm. I, I feel like, you know, Derek Adams already is the best manager out of the out of the four and who they've got in the dugout. <laughs> Newport are a funny one. Uh, they've been here before, um, you know, in the kind of playoff picture and it's not worked out. They've they've obviously got a little a little bit riding on this. You know, Michael Flynn, again, another manager that's kind of like Thomas Frank, you know, we, we've been down this path, right? He's been in, in charge since 2017. Everything has been gearing towards this. And eventually, you've you got to get it done, right? Yeah. Um, so, a little bit of pressure on Newport. I feel like Morecambe have got the least amount of pressure, the best manager, the best players, the easiest semi-final tie, which will only give them confidence for the final. However... Tom, last year, playoff final victors. Fulham over Brentford, somewhat of a surprise. Wickham mm. over Oxford, arguably the biggest surprise. And last yep. year, Tom, me and you were all in on Cheltenham. And this is a good segue into the predictions. And Northampton turned out the best football that they played all season and won the playoffs. So it it's a cliche, but anything really can happen. Yeah, absolutely. It really can. Uh, but yeah, I've, I would be If it wasn't Morecambe, it, I think it would be Newport. But if Forest Green or Tramway got promoted, I'd be really surprised. I really would. Yeah, I, anyway, think, I think that's fair. Let's look at our League 2 pre-season predictions then. So to wrap up, all of the pre-season predictions. Um, so I'll start with automatic promotion. So this was where we both kind of had our best winner of, of everything, really, of all the leagues. We both predicted Cheltenham to win the division uh, 16 to 1. So fantastic odds, you know, pre-season for Cheltenham to do it. As you were saying, you know, we thought Cheltenham would win the playoffs last season. You know, they had one of the best defensive records in the division. Uh, they just need to add a little bit more scoring uh, and attacking threat to that, which they have done this season, and that's seen them propelled to the number one position in the league. Um, I also have Bolton, which obviously came in, and then Salford, who did finish outside of the playoffs. Tom, you had Salford as well, uh, just finished outside of the playoffs, and Tranmere to finish in the automatic promotion spots. So, you know, they could still get promoted, but yeah, via the playoffs, it would have to be, and as we say, probably looking a bit unlikely now. Um, you did call Mansfield as a banana skin. The bookies had Mansfield bang up there um, in the odds, like as one of the favourites to get promoted. And yeah, proven well right in shying people away from Mansfield because they've been absolutely terrible this season. Again, An another disastrous season at, uh, yeah. at Field Mill. Oh yeah. my God. Um, relegation? Do you want to go for relegation? Yeah, relegation, obviously two spots up for grabs. Um, so we both, Tom, had Stevenage 
to mm. be relegated. I mean, if you if you've just tuned into the EFL this season, you know, you might think that's absolutely insane. You know, Stevenage had a really good season. Uh, they ended up finishing 14th. They fell short of the top half. But you have to remember, Stevenage were 4-1 to one to go down. And they were essentially a National League side until Macclesfield, unfortunately, went under. Yeah. So me and Tom, we were hammering Stevenage last year. We won tons of money going, going against Stevenage every week. And uh, yeah. Well- for good reason. For good reason. Yeah. They played 36 games last season um, before COVID hit. They won three of 36 games. They were rock bottom of the division. Absolutely shocking. Absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Alec yeah. Ravel deserves mass credit for for uh, getting them out of that mess, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. As a rookie time. manager. And yeah, so... Uh, we both had Stevenage finish bottom. Obviously, that didn't materialise. Uh, we also had, well, you had Southend, Tom. You nailed that. You got Southend United. I picked Harrogate, who made me look stupid. Uh, Harrogate managed to finish 17th their first season at this level. And yeah, you picked Southend, Tom. So congratulations. Three of five again um, for you. One of five for me in League Two, but saved by that 16 to 1. Uh, any reasoning on South End that you want to share with the profit chasers? I think it's all the financial difficulties that they were having. Um, yeah. yeah strugg- struggling. Yeah, on to be fair to you, they had, they had a transfer embargo and yeah. it, it was, they got rid of, I think, four or five of their best players. So, yeah. yeah. Eventually uh, they went down. None of us saw Grimsby. No. So, no, we didn't. Um, that was a bit of a surprise for us, but not much of a surprise as the season played out. Yeah, but, you know, just as a barometer of, of how well Morecambe have done this season, they finished 22nd last season, 32 points, uh, winning seven of their 37 games that were played. So, massive, massive turnaround. Well, before we wrap up everything and go through our bomb-proof trebles, let's have a quick look at the FA Cup. So, Chelsea against Leicester is the final. Chelsea, the favourites, priced at 10 to 11. The draw is 5 to 2, and Leicester are 3 to 1. For me, I, th- I think Chelsea will get the win. I-, I was really shocked that Chelsea lost to Arsenal in midweek. You know, Tuchel came out, he said he got his team selection wrong. I feel like with Leicester, they worry me in terms of goal scoring threat. Um, if Ian Nacho doesn't score, Vardy is not scoring at all at the moment. I really worry where their goals are coming from. And I think Chelsea have more than got the capability of keeping them out and then scoring a couple at the other end. I don't think it's going to be a particularly entertaining game. I don't think there's going to be lots of goals, but I think Chelsea could win this one 2-0, something like that. I think I think Chelsea are priced fantastically for me. 10-11. to yeah. 11. We're looking at a team that has beaten Man City, Real Madrid, Fulham, Champions League chasing West Ham, and then drew to Real Madrid as well in their last cluster of games. That Arsenal game, I mean, Havertz puts a one-on-one, you know, out the stadium. There's a handball block that is missed. They hit the bar twice. Uh, I'm not reading too much into that. And Leicester, you know, are they falling apart again? You know, this time last year, it, it all came crashing down. 
their win against Man United's kids and squad players doesn't convince me. And I'm not forgetting that they lost 4-2 to Newcastle before that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Chelsea. I think it'll be very comfortable. Yeah, well, good price then, 10 to 11. If you want to take it a little bit further, Chelsea to win to nil is 2 to 1. And I, I certainly think you could get that one as well. Yep, yep, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. So, we are going to wrap this week's show up with a joint bomb-proof treble uh, that we're going to go through now. So, there's not enough games for us to stretch six teams, which we would need for two trebles. So, we're going to go for qual- quality over quantity with a joint treble. So this will be exclusively boosted uh, via SpreadX. So this will be preloaded, ready to go on the SpreadX website. Um, we haven't got the price right now, um, but if you head over to SpreadX, by the time the pod is out, it should be preloaded um, onto the website. Just go to the search bar, and usually if you type Tom, which conveniently is both our names, or podcast, uh, we should come up and our exclusive treble will be there. This section is for over 18s only, as the whole of the show is, and we will be back in our own bets with £10 stakes, but please do not gamble more than you can afford to lose. Tom, who are we going for? So for this week's joint bomb-proof show, we're going to go for Chelsea to beat Leicester in the FA Cup final, 10-11. to 11. Then Burnley leads to be both teams to score. That's 8-15. to 15. And finally, Tottenham Wolves to also be both teams to score. That's 5-6. to six. And the £10 stake on the unboosted treble would return 53-67 back. Nice. So hopefully SpreadX can do us a little favour and squeeze out an extra bit of profit for the profit chasers. A uh, few final things want to add. Uh, Twitter, please follow us and get involved with those EFL playoff tips, T underscore FB podcast. Yeah, and if you have enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate it. If you could leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast, obviously also check out the spreadx.com forward slash FBP25, bet 25, get 25, free bet. Yeah, and go well this weekend. FA Cup final. EFL playoffs on the horizon, beach football in the Prem, lots to enjoy. And we'll be here again same time next week to cover the Premier League final day games. Goodbye, guys.